and welcome to the now ill-fated uh, episode 10 over the pro-painted podcast um, for those who didn't see on Twitter, um, unfortunately, we've been delayed on this episode being released by a week as I only got 11 seconds recorded audio uh, from last, last episode. But fortunately, um, the super sexy duo who are joining me today um, are both more than happy to come back on and re-record. So I am joined by the usual host, uh, which is Mr. Yeah. Rob Ellis. Evening. You good? I'm good, thank you. Awesome, good, good. And uh, once again, uh, so double double recording, got Chris back on again. You right, dude? Yeah, good. It's a, it's a good job you've been on my show a lot over the years, so you kind of <laughs> banked a few favours here. But um, now, Matt, I know you're pretty new to this whole thing, but um, I just want to check, have you pressed the record button? I don't have to press anything, but it does <laughs> say recording a call, recording. And yes. I'm going to keep an eye on that. In case yes. Rob drops from the call again and it stops recording. Yeah, no, it's uh, jokes aside, it's a terrible thing. You're now an official podcaster because it's happened to pretty much everyone at one time or another. So, yeah, it sucks. But um, weirdly, we recorded about a week ago, but uh, I can't remember even what we really <laughs> said. I mean, all I do recall is that I was pretty witty, uh, funny. Uh, just came across really, really well, I think. Like, uh, yeah, but I've, I've, we could do that again, right? I think. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, um, that yeah, that was a bit of a nightmare, really, to be honest. And I literally recorded it, and I just couldn't. Fun- I like checked everything, and I couldn't function. I literally sat there just staring at my computer screen, and it was about two hours before I normally go to bed, and I was just like, I can't cope with life. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, it's it's genuinely crushing. It sounds it sounds a bit silly to say, but until you've been in that position, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty awful. But I mean, in a way, even if you ever found that, you could probably release that because I think in the space of less than a week, I think all my hobby plans might have changed. <laughs> so I might give completely different answers to yeah. the things we talked about last time. But yeah, yeah definitely. All, go- and- all good. I mean, last time as well, we we cracked in, did kind of a, uh, a few usual bits and bobs, a bit of an introduction of what you've been up to. But we actually found that once we came through to some listener questions later on, we'd actually answered a lot of them. So we're actually just going to go into a format of this episode, do a quick catch up, and then we're actually just going to crack on with the listener questions and, you know, have a chat around those and, you know, extrapolate out a conversation from, from the basis, <laughs> yeah. really. They were, they were good. So, 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 sorry to interrupt. Has Jen brought you word of the day toilet paper? Because you said extrapolated on the podcast once or twice and you said that about 10 times when we're getting ready for this call is that like your word of the day or something no it's just like it's a sweet word isn't it <laughs> sweet word bro extrapolated <laughs> I love uh, Rob. fucking word police <laughs> Rob's my favourite well anyway like, cheers for that um, it's alright <laughs> um, no I don't have word of, the, word of the day toilet paper um, oh shame I do. Um, when's your birthday? When's your birthday? One sec. Yeah, I'm not going to write this down. When's your birthday? Uh, September the 9th. Oh, there we are. Plenty of time um, to save up. And it, I'm pretty sure it's the yeah, it's the same day every year. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Just checking. <laughs> right after it's that. Not like got, Easter. Uh, That's really weird, isn't it? It's, it's weird how Easter is on different days. Like it's not like Christmas Day is the last Sunday of each December of each year. No, but Easter is different, isn't it? Okay, sorry. E- Easter's been on my birthday before, which is in March, but then sometimes Easter's in April, so yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Rob. Yeah. That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, no, that is weird. That is weird. 
Um, Plus, the Netcon Codex came out the day before, like about that resurrection orbs and stuff. And I said to the <laughs> Games Workshop manager that you should have done uh, made homemade hot cross buns, but used green dye in them and then given them to all his customers. But he, he, he sort of thought treading on like Christianity and all, all that kind of stuff, making jokes, he might get like done for hate crimes or something. But I said, no, it's Necrons, bro, you'll be right. Well, I know that like um, in the past, there's been some <laughs> issues with venues when the fellow like, people have booked venues for tournaments <laughs> and stuff, and then even like libraries um, when they've been doing like school leagues and stuff, and um, they, they've turned around after it's been booked and go, "Oh, what is it you guys are up to? Oh, we're playing Warhammer and everything." And they go and, look, and they go and look into it, and they kind of go, "Oh no, you can't you can't play that here. You've got demons and and things in it, and <laughs> that that will come that will conflict with some of the some of the teachings. We don't think it's a good idea to teach the kids this." kind of stuff and you're like right okay that's weird really that's weird, weird. Yeah. reasons just to count but you know it, it's happened uh, so um, so 9th of september for your birthday where did i where did they toilet paper put in i made a note and, uh, uh, move on. and listeners i can guarantee that none of this is rehearsed yeah. and rehashing <laughs> old jokes this this is all brand new material that we're yeah. fresh yeah fresh and it's it's great isn't it it's really really pretty <laughs> top stuff um, so before we crack into um, uh, the, the meatier parts of the podcast, um, just want to give a shout out to the um, to our to our sponsors um, who probably won't be after this episode. Um, I, obviously, we've always got Merchant Miniatures on board um, with our website is uh, www.mercer.com. E-miniatures.com. Um, we did mention on the last episode that um, some of their updates are. I, I do quite like the quite like the facts on the website. They're quite funny. They're getting a lot of releases out. I mean, they're as prevalent as GW Tits. with the app models coming out. But their last update, as Chris as Chris says, is beasts and boobs. So if if you if you want to have a quick look, there is some very interesting stuff on there for Nurgle armies at the moment. Um, they've got some very specific. So they've got like a Blightbringer, which I would recommend. Um, he's a good replacement for the uh, Harbringer if you really, really, really do not want to use a fine cast model, which is completely understandable. Um, so do make sure you check them out. Um, again, constant releases and some really good stuff. And I've got some more models to work on for my Nurgle. Um, and we've got Curtain Games, um, which is curtaingames.co.uk, K-I-R-T-O-N. Um, and in addition to, um, obviously, AOS, um, we're not going to mention, not going to cover, okay, it's come to Blood, um, um, Blood, Death and Vengeance, because they're sold out, which is the one you're going to, Chris, which is just after South Coast. Yeah, so you are going to that event, Chris. Yeah, hey. stealing my li- stealing my lines from the last episode. You're remembering them before I do, which I mean, we, we can keep it down to a hashtag nice short show at least, can't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, but what I wanted to say in a quite a bit of a difference to the last episode is we both just picked up Star Wars Legion, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, that's kind of come out of nowhere. I had a, a wrestling weekend up at, well, not a wrestling weekend, a weekend. Up, <laughs> just wrestling then. <laughs> just wrestling, yeah. Yeah. I had a weekend up at, uh, my friend, uh, Steve Purcell's house in, uh, in London for WrestleMania. So three nights up to like four or five a.m. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm quite sociable sometimes, but in general, I like lots of my own space as well. So it was a great weekend, but it's such an endurance thing spending that much time with people doing stuff. We played lots of car games. 
items, lots of Final Fantasy, lots of magic. It was great. They wouldn't let me proxy my new Custodes 40k army with a Foster's can for a Bute <laughs> and bananas for jet bikes. Apparently, that's not cool. But um, we did uh, did play the Star Wars Legion game, which I was kind of. I was kind of slating a little bit. I didn't really like the miniatures when I'd seen them. Um, the rules didn't look too great. And from what you said as well, I wasn't really too into it. But having played it, I, I was really, really impressed. It's a great combination of that X-Wing uh, format and mechanics mixed with uh, the tabletop war games we kind of know. So it felt very, a very intuitive hybrid of the two as someone that's played both. So, yeah, I've picked it up. And um, I, I knew kind of, well, I was hoping and I kind of knew that you probably only needed a slight push and a bit of encouragement before you jump on it too so yeah that's that's something that's happened in the last few days it's always the way it's, I, I convince myself i don't want it and i just need it's just that little push yeah there's somebody somebody gets on board and that's it so we have both picked that up um but the yes. reason why i wanted to specifically mention it is because it's cool yeah we're on aos podcast but i want to mention it because it's cool it's different it's star, star wars, wars and everyone, miniatures. everyone likes star wars yeah i yeah. fucking um, star wars wrecks me mind recently and what what star wars wrecks you yeah, it just doesn't matter. It's just, I think it's just overexposed, isn't it? Like recent recent times, games, but the new movies, different movies. The Han Solo trailer looks alright. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Like, I don't get that. Like, it's what I love. I'm quite happy it just being, like, everywhere. That's fine with me. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, same. Um, but no. Curtain games do actually have stock, which is a rarity in of itself at the moment. I know the yes, supplies are currently yes. out and there is a lead. So if you're interested, crack on. Also, if you buy the Legion box set, um, it falls under the threshold for postage. So what you see there is what you pay without any extras on top. So I think the last time I looked, they had three or four of the core sets left. So <laughs> definitely go and pick them up because if you're on the fence, you're going to struggle to pick them up. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with Rob. What have you been up to since we last recorded? Um, um, sorry, go on. Uh, well, I was, I was just going to preempt it and say you've been working on Bellacore. Yeah, so um, made a start on him. Um, I, <laughs> one thing we did talk about on the now famous Lost episode um, <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> episode, episode X. Uh, episode X. Um, uh, obviously started base coating and, and um, obviously with, with, with models with a lot of green stuff uh, work on them a lot, a lot of time that you'll find um, when you start putting the layers down you know after you've undercoated it that some of the imperfections in the green stuff will start to will, will only really become visible or stuff that you, th- you you might have thought of you've blended the seams well enough um, but only sort of to reveal when, when, you put, when you put a layer of paint down that perhaps they're not as smooth as you perhaps hoped or or whatever, um, which was the case on um, where I've done the the ringlets on his wing membranes, um, where I've I've sort of green stuffed them to look like they're sort of been pulled out the skin. Uh, there was a couple of um, sort of uh, instances where that wasn't as good as I'd like, so I'd, I'd done a load of blending on the on the on the wing membranes to begin with as, as more of a base coat. Like I said before, um, you know I wanted to do as much. Uh, of the model sort of by hand and, and using brushwork as possible so only really the base colours to get that sort of initial blend going but once I'd done that I'd noticed that some of these uh, green stuff imperfections uh, were there so I sort of set about biting the bullet and got, got my sandpaper out and stuff and started working it back and decided actually that uh, you know to remove it and to re-sculpt a, a little bit of it and obviously it's something we spoke about wasn't it with your, your frost art Chris that sort of doing that mid painting 
kind of uh, sort of uh, repairs or or adjustments, as it were. Yeah, it can sort of really knock the knock the wind out of you a little bit. It can. I think we kind of well, I, we're going to say this a lot, as I said last time, but. Um, yeah. No, I had it with my most recent frost heart. I had a patch on the rider's leg that the paint, I'd had to reapply it a couple of times because the highlights looked wrong and it was awful. So I was kind of like, what on earth am I going to do here? And I ended up getting a bit of bio strip and painting it just onto half a side of leg. Mental. And then I was cut- yeah, it really was. I don't know what I was playing at. And then I just started scraping it like I like cut down a tooth brush and was just scraping it a bit trying not to flick the bio strip over the rest of the model but it came out okay and i also the the kind of i had to build up the saddle from where i've converted it and i had to stick the rider on he couldn't be magnetized because of the way it was going to fit and then i kind of had to green stuff in and it looked awful so i was able to cut some plastic card and kind of bodge it over and you, you suggested slicing off some gems off something else and stick it on so that kind of helped but i i kind of it's the way I do it, I wouldn't advise anyone goes about things like this because I'm so kind of gung ho and in the moment. I kind of don't, I don't take a moment to to kind of sit back and go, right. So how am I going to fix this sensibly and practically? Like I just go in the moment, I just do it. Like when I just cut Crunk's arm off or and uh, like things like that. Like I just, yeah. just in the moment, I just do stuff and I'm like, oh, why have I done that? But luckily in this instance, it turned out okay. But uh, there's there's that real tendency that. Uh, luckily i get away with it sometimes but you've kind of you don't want to let that frustration take over because you could end up ruining like i mean if i ruined my frost heart, i'd have been absolutely gutted and and that's that's kind of a fraction of the time gone into the converting stage of that anyway uh that went into bellicor so i can't imagine what what you were feeling for that but no like a, a, a real tip is just to kind of if anything like that happens if it's painting modeling just take a step back just put it down and yeah. walk away for a bit and then come back to it don't don't kind of rush on into it because there's every chance you'll end up ruining a what could be a really nice piece and, and, on, and on that note so um uh, i <laughs> fixed the the membrane that was the worst offender out of the three and i i uh uh, in doing, in fixing sort of potentially like the, the least sort of obtrusive and perhaps a, and a, a situation where you've probably had it before where there's a flaw on the model and it's only really I'd know that it was there. Um, you know, and the only sort of pointing it out to people to for people to have actually noticed, but I thought, right, well, I need to get that sorted. So I went and got a Dremel um, to sort of sand down the interior a bit just to get it a bit smoother to follow that line of, um, of the wing membranes. And I must have slipped or something, and the the engraver head that I was using slipped and carved a, a, a channel pretty much up one of the uh. um, And at that point, like you kind of you almost sort of think to yourself, "What the hell was I doing, reaching for a power tool in the first place?" Diesel, even and they they funny enough they arrived like two days ago, but I'd even gone as far as and sod it, I just I. I I was going to buy another pair of Hive Tyrant wings, take those wings off and just um, literally start from scratch with them, you know, wow. take all the sort of, and reconvert the wings. Uh, even even actually looked at um, a set of Marathi wings, um, but I, just the way that they're, they're shaped uh, wouldn't have fit the pose that he was in. But You, you didn't um, fancy having Bellacore dabbing then? No, no, I didn't. And that would, it, would quite, it would have been quite cool. And I'd have liked it. Have to, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, the good great news is, is I actually, like you said, took a step back. I, I put it down for the evening, 
um, went and had a, a, a meal with some friends and kind of was a bit snappy all night, which is a little bit unfair to my missus and her friends. And I was like, <laughs> well, what are you in such a bad mood for? Nothing. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely can't explain this. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely cannot explain this right now. Um, but then went back then the following evening, didn't get any work done, work the next day because I was just thinking about it all day. Um, and then went back that evening and, and rescued it um, without having to chop wings off or do any of that. So I've actually got to the point now where I'm starting to lay some base coats down, doing some glazing, getting an idea of colour placement. I've gotten into the, the habit uh, with my silverneth of, I, I don't know if it's a technique that you guys have subscribed to. I, I think uh, someone's mentioned they think it's a bit mental doing it that way, but doing one section of a model first, so doing all the skin doing all the armour and then you know moving on and doing another bit but I, I, I found that you know with a with a with a model that you sort of have have a predetermined colourway for that can work but with something like Bellacore where you know yes there's the original model that I'm drawing inspiration from yes there's a lot of parts on him that sort of that echo the ever chosen models so you kind of got an idea of what colour they're going to be but it's really sort of only until you start blocking in those colours that you understand, okay, well, that's a bit too much gold there, that needs breaking up, or that needs to be black armour, or that needs to be, you know, whatever. Um, so I started doing that. Um, I made some good work on the sword, which I've, I've put uh, put up on Twitter. Uh, that yeah. just needs a couple of final sort of blends. That was all pretty much done by hand looks as well. Great. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, and that was the stupid amounts of... The blending going on there. Done the orb, started the orb as well, which I've sort of done in a, doing in the cyberite green through up to Incubi Darkness, which is going to be the same colour as the energy trails on the base, so that'll tie into that. And um, I know they don't listen to the podcast, but a big thank you to the heavy metal team for actually divulging the uh, the gold recipe that Anya used for the um, Archeon model, so I can uh, sort of tie that colour scheme in. Because the Retributor armour was a bit too blingy, and it didn't have that, you know, same sort of initial shade as the the base on Archeon's gold. So I kind of knew that it probably wasn't something. It was probably a mix of some sort. And uh, Max was kind enough to actually share that with me. So thank you, Max. I know you don't listen. But um, there's a couple of extra techniques I want to start doing as well, which is uh, some sort of scratches and not sort of heavy weathering. But there's that kind of style now where, where a lot of painters are doing to add a little bit of texture to flat surfaces like capes and armour and armour panels where it's quite fine scratches um, and, you know, rather than sort of chips or actual wear and tear it's sort of more, a bit more subtle than that so we're going to be trying that out well, some, um, Just very quickly to kind of um, elaborate what you've just said there Rob, so this idea of adding these extra bits of detail to flat surfaces is something that I most certainly have have tried and didn't kind of really think about it until Byron mentioned it um, at the last face hammer drawing a yeah. talk about painting is the idea that adding these details it helps with the transitions of your blends because people don't when they look at the the that little extra detail you painted on a flat surface which has got some decent blends on it it will trick the eye into thinking it's even better than it and then it actually is because you don't actually look at the, the you don't look at the blend behind it really. do you yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, there's there's um, yeah a few sort of t especially because it's obviously on a uh, you know he's a he's a bigger model so that you know sort of the flat areas are, are flatter as it were than all you know bigger areas so definitely something that um, 
you know, I'm looking to do. So yeah, it's uh, it's going well. You know, he's, he's being painted, which is which is a start, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm really sort of, you know, I'm looking forward to going in and painting each night. You know, it's like, you know, you've got a real sort of motivation behind it. Well, when you do, good. it's interesting actually because it's something I have said I, I personally find really helpful. And you're kind of doing it with Bellacore because you're breaking it down and going, yeah. right, I'm going to paint this bit. It's so much more like you can go, right, I'm just going to sit here and paint the orb. And it, it's good for you because you, you're working towards a goal. You're working towards having a model finished, but you're not overstressing yourself with this massive, great model in your hands. You're just doing the orb, and then you're just doing the sword. And I think it's a really good way to paint, particularly if you're not stuck to a deadline. I, I think that's because normally I think about it like I'll look at a unit of ten models and go, I'll paint the boots. But you're yeah. actually breaking down the model even more because you're you're literally got the orb in your hands just as a separate bit, and so I'm just going to paint yeah. this. So it's I think it's a good way to approach painting. And yeah, thanks. Any, anything else you kind of being enticed in by the deep kin or oh yeah well um i, I think uh it was nice to actually see gary and andy's video because it, it gives the the models a bit more context in terms of size um you know some obviously models anyway. do you remember though gary is a small man well they both are aren't they weirdly um you know, in, well, relatively speaking, uh, you know, I'm like, I've just got sorry, sorry, I've just got this image of if that was you with these releases, oh, oh, they're just big big, hands, like just you. dropping models everywhere. You saw this big giant going, "Fee fi fo fo, just whipping out his Dremel. <laughs> yeah, that, that. They've left, they've uh, left a mold line in that wave cloak. Oh, no, just... <laughs> I, I, just, I, I mean, I assume that those were the sort of the box art models that they that they were sort of getting they put their literally their grubby hands all over which uh which kind of made me think oh you know they've been well tested i mean i don't know if they've it is another thing i think we spoke about on the last episode that um you know is there anything more to come for that range so it'd be interesting to i want to get the book in hand and have a read through it i don't think it's necessarily something that I'm, you know, I'm not sort of waiting in bated breath to go and buy. There's a couple of nice models that I like. I like the the general model on the sort of the deep mare, is it called? Like the the um, sort of the sea or big sea horse thing. Um, I quite like that as an individual model. It's very yeah. Remind, I think reminds it's my favourite. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the um, the guy on the, the the Lord on the big Griff Charger. In in as far as like a, just a nice yeah. nice mounted model that just looks yeah. cool do you know what i mean um but they, it hasn't quite tipped me over the edge i think i'm gonna hedge my bets carry on with the chaos and see what light dark uh, light or dark elves come out yeah. or what happens with slanesh yeah, um, good shouts i think yeah i just you know for the sake of you know before in, in the past i sort of thought oh, i've got to buy stuff because 20 percent off now and i don't want to wait until it's 15 um but now i think you know, I've got enough. Pro- I've got this project that I, you know, really got on my teeth into, and I'm, you know, seeing. You know, I'm excited to to get to points in Bellacore I can paint and I can try these techniques, and and actually, you know, I'm, I'm I'm enthused by the painting of it. Which, to be honest, I was I was starting to get a bit a bit burnt out as far as the conversion side of them. So it's actually nice to to sort of to get to this point where. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not really fussed. It's not one of those releases that has made me think I have got to have them. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just going to wait, bide my time, and see what else comes out. I'm sure whatever they do with Slanesh or the Light and Dark Elves is going to be just as, just as mind blowing. 
and uh, yeah, that's probably where all my money will end up going. And um, from that, from Rob's bi-weekly um, Bellacore update, um, I'm going to announce <laughs> a competition. I've been thinking I want to do a competition because we're 10 episodes in, and as I said on Twitter the other day, we, we broke the 5,000 um, uh, downloads mark for the podcast, which, which, which is great for all of us. So I'm going to announce a competition, and that, this competition is going to be for my Mercia Miniatures um, uh, Fiends of Dis, which I use as Corgrath. So I'll get some photos put up. And what I want people to do is I want them to um, send this to me on Twitter. Uh, DM me is probably best because if you're listening to this, it's probably going to be Twitter or hit, hit me up on the social media platforms. And I want you to guess the episode number that um, Rob finishes Bellacore. <laughs> but not only that, I also <laughs> want you to tell me what you think the releases would be for, for Games Workshop for that particular week. And the funniest answer... <laughs> he's gonna win and we'll read that out we'll, we'll give it we'll give it a month we'll give it two episodes so the next the next uh host episode will announce the winner i thought i thought you were gonna say you're gonna wait until it's actually done so this is gonna be a really super long term <laughs> competition but you literally it, that would almost be like a pyramid scheme wouldn't it you just yeah. just go on for so long nobody's winning getting their mates involved yeah yeah no, that's uh, that's good. I like that competition. <laughs> so without going too much into uh, kind of what we're going to cover the listener questions, um, I wanted you just, Chris, just have a, talk about what you've been doing recently, kind of your um, changing focus maybe from tournament deadline painting and particularly just kind of uh, a little bit of background on Fetty and your initial thoughts behind that. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because I think I covered it all right last time. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, mentioning the last episode again. Fucking hell. Well, that's going to be the theme, isn't it? Let's be honest. To get a jail free card, isn't it? Actually, it was a bit yeah. shit last time, but I'm just going to say it was good. Yeah, well, so, yeah, it was literally the best show any of us have ever done. And But, I mean, people will just have to take a word for that. But, yeah, anyway, um, I've, yeah, I've kind of taken a step back from things I had an operation at the beginning of the year that kind of meant I didn't, I mean, I got to do a little bit of painting, but I couldn't really spend hours sat on my desk leaning over because it's to do my nose and, and whatnot. And then I had a, yeah. And then I had a, a dick. <laughs> Just when you said not, can't sit on my desk leaning over. It's like, yeah, it's a dick operation. It's a dick operation. Yeah. I love it if the, it really was like, it was all bullshit about your nose and you just had like a, a dick enhancement surgery. Oh, it's a, it was a, it was a penis reduction, bro. Like, <laughs> No, it's not. You had it. Was it bifurcated and split in two? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man! <laughs> Brilliant. Is that is that another word of the day? Is it? Well, it's a good word. <laughs> not you normally apply to penises, Sorry. but yeah. Okay, so penis. so after that, I went on holiday. I had a long, an amazing holiday. So. My year kind of didn't really start to March or anything. And, I mean, that had upsides because I didn't really start work until March this year, so that was pretty good as well. But um, I kind of hadn't really played a tournament since Facehammer last year. And my games in the General's Handbook have been actually really limited. I hadn't played at club for um, over four months at one point. I think that it was literally – I got to uh, the four-month period of since my last game. So it's not even tournaments. So i just been completely out of – of playing and the, and the hobby in general, really. I mean, I'd still been painting a bit, but the, the break did me quite well. I mean, obviously, I've had massive enjoyment with the Iron Jaws over the kind of last 18 months or so. I mean, they've been out, I think, two years uh, now uh, in April uh, 2015 around South Coast time. So had about two years. I, b- I bought them 
uh, exactly as they came out. I haven't actually bought any other army like that. I mean, if I did do that with Deepkin, weirdly, it would be two years since I last did that. Um, huh. But that's a, that's another story. But yeah, that's, that's, I haven't really thought about that till now, actually. Didn't say that last episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just confirm everything, whether or not I did, so you get a gist of it. Um, you didn't say that last episode. I, well, I'm saying too many ums now. I'm out of practice, aren't I? Which is which isn't good. This is you have to cut all of those out, no. so I don't sound I'll new. Just add, some, add some extra ones. Add some more. Um, 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 um. But yeah, in terms of tournament play, I did kind of originally plan to have a, a bit of a year off. But you know, a, a lot of good friends I have on the tournament scene, and I like meeting new people and like going away with with my mates as well. So I mean, the, the whole tournament culture isn't just about the gaming as everyone everyone knows that, that i'm not kind of telling you anything you don't know there for sure but kind of the way age of sigmar's evolved and moved on the books have just got increasingly better and i i certainly wouldn't use the word or term power creep i mean i might change my mind when i see that deepkin book but um no no uh, no jake's side they they've kind of they've the, the, the last run of books have all kind of they've got that real feeling of the old Warhammer Fantasy Battle Army books where they're a really complete army, they've got uh, loads of great extra flavour in there not just in terms of the, the fluff and the lore in there, uh, but also all these extra bits you can add to your, your army um, laws uh, artefacts really cool battalions and all things like that and then when I look at my poor Iron Jaws they're just so far behind and I can still have fun games and it's not just all about about winning and that because uh, it never was with Iron Jaws but I previously was able to kind of compete and it was it was a real real kind of thrill almost to to get good results with them which me and Kieran Harper did and we kind of went on the same journey with the Iron Jaws and it was it was great fun um, so I kind of wanted to pick up one of these new armies uh, and just just kind of revisit uh, re- or refresh even my tournament gaming experience. So I kind of been kind of weighing up my options with a fair few different ones. Obviously, I've got the thousand points of Zinch that me and Aaron have used at the doubles, and I own everything else to make that up to uh, the exact two thousand point army that Aaron used at the Dorset Masters. Which I really loved that list when he submitted it, and and was quite keen to to use it myself. So I've got all the bits to do that, and I was going to paint that for South Coast, but. South Coast, as of recording this, is uh, literally a month away. The Friday the 11th. We're, we're on the 11th of April now. Literally a month away. Um, and I just don't want to be doing that crazy, crazy painting. Like, yeah. um, with my Iron Jaws, I mean, it, what, it wasn't just the gaming side. Obviously, it's a, a kind of a labour of love with the army. But I didn't, I, was, I didn't just paint it and then take the same army to every event over 18 months. For every event, I wanted to add something new to it because I was really kind of paranoid of that kind of hashtag old army kind of thing. I didn't want people to stop looking at it. So I wanted to keep adding stuff just to kind of keep people's attention. And that kind of got to the point where every tournament, the week leading up to even uh, the Chump King's uh, War Chief Invitational uh, recently, even for that, painting the the four rock clobbers i was up again every night late like two 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 three o'clock in the morning uh to get it painted over that week and it's just not practical like you give up so much in in your life for that like you neglect everything else going on and it's why just we, not helpful. why why do we do that to ourselves honestly? i know right it's mental like it never i swear that never used to happen and i couldn't even say it's the way that I mean, if I was someone that was chasing the meta, as people like to say, and speed painting up all these new armies every time, that would make more sense. But I'm just kind of adding stuff to um, what eventually did 
regardless end up becoming a hashtag old army like it's still i was i was doing it more for me which i think um i said last time many times actually is is the number one reason for doing everything obviously um when you're a painter that's painting uh with uh um kind of an eye towards looking at best army nominations or best army trophies then certainly you do certainly do things to appeal to other people and that can be to, to judges and also to player votes. I mean, I, I've really come to kind of some horrific uh, re- realizations over recent months in what people as general player votes, what they do and don't distinguish between. And as someone that spends absolutely hours doing some things, uh, and you, when you do re- have that realization that, to most people, that's that, they don't care. That's not not the kind of thing they judge on, and we can maybe talk about that all a bit later. I'm not sure how the show will pan out. So, um, I, I mean, my painting isn't efficient, or certainly wasn't with the Iron Jaws. I think there's a question later where we will definitely get into to that a bit more. So, um, long story short, I don't want to be sacrificing uh, my life to to be painting and 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 being up all night. And there was a couple of tournaments last year where because I was doing this for the entire week and then multiple times on the Friday, literally not sleeping at all. I just didn't enjoy the tournament because I was just knackered. Yeah. I was just absolutely knackered. And it has the, the physical side of that of being knackered is bad. And then for, for, for someone like me, like the mental st- side starts to tick in as well. Like if I feel I'm not enjoying it because I'm physically tired, I feel like I'm letting other people down and then I start feeling bad. And it's kind of like this, this whole horrible vicious cycle that was just affecting me time after time. And like there was a, a series of about three tournaments back to back last year where I was just like, man, this isn't fun. This is like, so I'm, I'm loving seeing people, but I feel like I'm going away and they're thinking, who's that guy? That's not Chris Tomlin anymore. This isn't fun. And it, and it, it got like that. And half of that is the weight of expectation I put on myself. And I'm getting into things that are far greater than just painting here, obviously. And I mean, but it, when stuff like that is, is, is offensive, like affecting your mental psyche it's just like what's the point this is meant to be fun i think um, it's i think it's a good phrase actually it's a, a self a self-appointed weight of expectation yeah it is and you can't ex- you i mean luckily like my partner she is she is re- really understanding and she she gets that i want to paint and do well with painting at tournaments so i don't i don't get Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. Yeah. so i don't so i don't get any shit for doing that um uh, which which is great i'm lucky in that but i still shouldn't take that for granted and it's also not really the point because i, I still i still can't talk to her or explain that weight of expectation because it doesn't make any sense no, and it was the same for it's the same for me with the podcast when i'll be saying oh shit i can't do this i can't go out i can't go out for that meal i can't do this because i've got to put the podcast out tonight and people are like why have you got to like who's that i'm like because it's something like I, I guess it's, it's 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 an element of like pride um, with it as well, but it's 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 a really strange thing that's that's quite hard to understand. So all 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 that kind of thing really affected me a lot, and that is or uh, well, that was one of the kind of contributing factors to me stopping the Black Sun. Which stopping that was an entirely positive decision. Like that's there's nothing bad about that. Like it's the way that's affected my life is is positive. So I would think and hope that anyone that's enjoyed it over the years would 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 grant me that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and we've got other people doing that. We might talk a bit more about other podcasts later i think but yes so tournament things aside i mean as it is i said i'd retired the iron jaws uh, if i end up going to south coast i'm not now going to be painting the zinch it was originally 
uh, I could have done them this month, but with painting stuff for, from Ember to Inferno, which I'll touch on very quickly. I know I'm running a bit long here. Um, I just I just wasn't practical. So really, just literally in the last couple of days, especially with picking up Legion and I'm buying a Custodes Army for 40k, just uh, another project I'm adding to the file. But I kind of thinking, uh, yeah, why not? Um, it's not really practical to do this, so I'm just not. I've got the Iron Jaws, so I'm just going to use them if I want to, and and, and that will be fine. Um, so kind of my main focus now this year is just to paint loads of stuff, and I'm really, really enjoying my painting now, probably more than I have been in a long time. I don't know if that is the shift on not painting for tournaments. I'm still having deadlines because from Ember to Inferno, we're painting um, a designated amount of points every month, so there still is a, an element of deadline painting. But it, it, it's a lot less pressured, really. Like, I haven't felt like, oh, my God, I've got to get it done. No. Um, so, so that's that's been fine. But, yeah, I'm just painting a lot of other things. We'll talk uh, pretty sure one of the questions later on. Correct me if I'm wrong, because if not, I would like to touch on it. But talks about painting to different qualities. Is that something we're going to be able to visit? Yep. Later, yeah, okay. So we won't touch on that now, but I am painting stuff to. If I'm, st- I am still adding to my jaws, so I paint that to my highest standard. My Phoenix Temple is painted to a mid-range, and then I'm doing some other bits on the side, like the Wrath of King stuff. I'm painting will be quick. The Custards will be quick. Um, even the the Star Wars Legion stuff will be quick. And then we've got Lord of the Rings. But I've got loads of projects, but I'm not kind of uh, drowning in it anymore. It, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going, wow, this is great. I've got loads of stuff, and I want to just clear loads of this stuff this year, but not because like, I feel like I have to, just because I want to. And it's really cool just seeing, like, I'm keeping track of the models I've painted this year. In hindsight, I wish I'd like kind of given myself, like, a, a 365 models in a year kind of target. But, again, I'm not sure it's the kind of thing that really needs a target. I think I'll be able to look back at the end of the year at this massive list of stuff I've painted and go, that's really cool. Um, so... Um, I'm talking at a breakneck speed here, but from Ember to Inferno, uh, hopefully people will know all about it from looking at Matt's blog on uh, the Pro Painted website. Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. <laughs> and also checking out the from hashtag from Ember to Inferno, which is kind of like a slow grow escalation campaign we are doing for the Firestorm uh, campaign. So, I mean, and that's, that's really cool. It's let me use... Uh, an army that I've had sat around in a box for over a year. I'm pretty sure there's a question that talks more about the specifics of the Phoenix Temple, isn't there? Yes, there, yeah, there is. But also, I mean, what was it I mean, with the Fetty, obviously? Because it, it, it felt quite natural when it all came together. What was your, you know, it was kind of bounced around. What was your, what was your main draw to getting involved in it? Well, I mean, there's a, mo- a few reasons, really. And every time we talk about it, people... A, a, a plethora of people on different medias will mention the slaughtering grounds campaign yeah. that we did uh, via the Black Sun back in back very at the back end of uh, one of the fantasy battle eight edition. Best days ever listening to those podcasts. Yeah, and it was it was uh, there was six of us, and it was again a slow grow campaign um, built around the what was the what was the book called? Blood in the Badlands. Yeah. Blood in the Badlands. That's it. Well done, Rob. And. Yeah, we had six of us and we all actually painted everything every month, which never happens. You always see these tale of gamers mm. and they all, mm. well, well, give or take. I mean, I, I would say I've never seen or been in anything that's gone 
anywhere near as successful as that yeah, for these I, I, I tale of X gamers. Like people always lose interest, people always drop off. It was done for the most part in in a really good spirit. So the games were all fun. We all had really unique armies, and it ended up really cool. And this allowed us, in my eyes, to revisit that. Now. One of the things with Games Workshop at the moment is they put out loads of amazing stuff really, really quickly. That is awesome. It's also got a slight negative in that, for me, I find it really, really hard to actually absorb and enjoy all that. For me, it started in the end times with those five fantastic books they came out. I'd have loved to have done played through the scenarios in some of those, but they came out at such a speed we were never able to do that. Yeah. And it kind of got like that with Age of Sigmar. We had um, Skirmish, Path to Glory, Firestorm, Malign Pawns. They all come out. And before, um, because cause, uh, for something like this, you want to kind of paint it and really enjoy it. I mean, for, for other groups who can play five nights a week or something, then maybe you can keep up with all this kind of thing. And for me, I, I'm only saying it as a negative because I think it's all brilliant and I want to play it all. So I thought it was kind of great that we kind of, the, the four of us, I, I mean, you might be able to give us a bit more information on how it actually came together, but how the four of us kind of put a finger on it and said, yeah, yeah, we want to do this. And we kind of parked it um, and came, revisited it a couple of months down the line and started it up and was all just completely up for it. We, we didn't let it go. We knew it was something we wanted to try because it, it's a brilliant, brilliant and hugely underrated product. Like the whole marketing and the release of it was completely overshadowed by the use of those abilities in match play. Yeah. I, I think I think it's such a shame that the community page focused on that side of things rather than pushing it as the brilliant product it is. Like even just from the quality of everything in there, it's great. And I think it, it kind of it kind of wasn't kind of put out there right. I don't think even by the community page, which is a I, bit I of a shame. Would, I would agree. Like you say, they very much focused on the rules. And then that's it. That's all people spoke about. Oh my god, you get this. Oh my god, what's this? And he's like, hold on. And then it just caused a massive, yeah, just caused a massive controversy for, for in my opinion, no reason about nothing. But, but yeah. So the four of us, obviously, me, Matt, um, Aaron, and Paul Buckler, and it kind of just naturally. I don't even know what chat we're in, but it came together that we all kind of had a different army from a different Grand Alliance that we all wanted to do. So it kind of just worked. Yeah, no, it really, really did. It was, I mean, the, it's almost like you can't explain how it happened because it just literally, naturally, just just happened. We were like, yeah, yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, even we didn't, we didn't overly seem to make a decision of that we were each going to do. You know, each of us was going to do one of the Grand Alliance. It just a couple of people said, oh, I want to do this, want to do this, and then I was like, oh, I want to do Zinch. You were, oh, I'll do this, and we're like, well, hold on, we've just accidentally kind of end, ended up. Yeah. With it all literally the was, it just worked yeah it just it just worked it kind of fell together and it was it was brilliant with, with the four people we had um all pretty prolific hobbyists i mean aaron's certainly not knocked out as much finished stuff over the time but i mean in the slaughtering grounds he showed he was mostly able to keep up with it and his stuff's really good as well so and he was he was the winner yeah orcs is the best so um yeah so i think we got four i mean and it's a big tip for anyone doing anything like this. I say it every time. It's it's actually just all about the people you have yeah. in it. You, you need to have the people that you know are gonna are gonna get this done. You want to look back at the end of it and go, we've got four people. We've got four awesome two thousand point armies. And if if you've got a doubt about anyone, 
I mean, we're, we're lucky because we've had the same group for ages and we kind of know who we can bring in on this and who might be a bit of a, a bit of a wild card. So um, with four, it's, it's kind of easier to keep it tight. If we had six, then, you know, you kind of think, well, who am I going to bring in? But um, yeah, you guys might not have that luxury. So maybe you do have to kind of have a few misses before you get a hit. And that's yeah. totally cool as well. Don't get down on that either. I mean, I think the, the Firestorm itself is built around four players. Like the pack is for four. So if yes, you want to expand exactly. it out, you're buying another one. So if you're justifying buying another one, you probably want another four players. So I actually quite like that about it as well. It kind yep. of yep. self-imposed restrictions. But yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I mean, and um, we won't go into the the reason why you chose your particular army too much because we've got uh, quite a few questions on that to kind of questions on, the on as well. well yeah. So well, people you... are going to say I'm taking the filth, aren't they? I yeah. remember that bit. Yeah, the filth, the filth. The bastards. So we'll take bastards. a quick break there, and then we're going to crack straight onto these listener questions. And uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of content to discuss on those. Right, back in a second. Right, so welcome back. Uh, so, again, I mean, I've got to say, I really, really, really am appreciating people sending listener questions in. Um, and it was interesting doing that last episode that we have referenced numerous times because... Um, Did, we, now, wait, wait, wait. Did we do another episode? I know, episode X. Um, that we, we got <laughs> these questions and we couldn't kind of cover them enough because we'd already spoke about them. So this is quite nice just to crack on quite fresh and kind of go, go through them one, one, one by one. Um, yeah, it's um just quickly. Do you think before we get to the questions, is there anything that I didn't cover that that we should have that we're not going to cover again? No. Well, I know that we 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 spoke about deep kin and we spoke about daughters and all that. But to be honest, these things are actually already mentioned on you know the, the, the questions. Actually, people are asking what our preferences are between X, Y, and Z. So uh, it's quite nice just to crack straight on with these. Yeah, because we did have some. We did have some good comments regarding Deepkin and Daughters, yeah. so we can we can definitely touch on that again, I think. Yeah, for sure. So the first one came out, came in from at Eat Bats Mitzi, which of course is Mitzi. Um, two parts to the question. The first one, what is the one miniature that Chris has seen in 2008 that has forced him to part with cash and have to have it? Well, firstly, I want to say congratulations to Mitzi for getting best sports uh, over at Depticon. Him and Jimbo went over there and did uh, fantastically well uh, to, to, to kind of, I think they've both come across really well. They've got their new YouTube video, which I haven't had a chance to catch up with yet. So, yeah, congratulations to, to the both of them. I guess either of them probably could have won that. But, uh, I mean, Mitzi wouldn't like to say that, would he? It's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's all his. But, yeah, no, no, great to him. But, um so that's kind of a weird question because last time I answered it saying it was probably going to be the Eidolon of Mathland, but, but I hadn't actually parted cash with it at the time, so I couldn't really answer it. Weirdly, I've kind of just during that break that we actually did take a break and I've just picked up my copy of Star Wars Legion in that break. And I think, well, <laughs> I guess those are the models I've seen and played with and then I've spent cash on. Not yeah. really the answer I wanted to give. But <laughs> I suppose, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, I guess... I, I will stick with the Eidolon of Mathland because I think it's it's such a, a fantastic model. Probably one the most unique and uh, it might just be one of the best models I think GW or anyone have done. I, I do think it's fantastic. Imagine, it's, if, imagine if they released that model just by itself without this without this release around it. it you even more you'd be like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Yeah, imagine so it was good. like a Storm of Magic expansion model or something. It's oh. so good. 
Yeah, it's it's brilliant. But um, I guess yeah, my sensible answer would would be that really. I just haven't obviously had a chance to spend money on it yet. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> also, also, <laughs> and... also, custodes. Not the answers I want to be given on a <laughs> shiny, shiny gold men and fish. Yeah, yeah. Although I did, uh, well, something I did want to mention quickly is uh, something you do say in the chat, um, which is one of the reasons why you're thinking about Phoenix Temple, maybe adding some Deepkin or vice versa to that. And your explanation of um, how, how birds interact with fish, I thought that was quite funny. It probably won't yeah. ally because... Birds eat fish. <laughs> that makes sense. I love it if that's just the reason. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, mate. yeah right. You can't do allies because, uh, yeah, birds eat fish. Birds um, eat fish. Makes sense. <laughs> so what was the inspiration for your latest hobby project other than the filth that is the Frostheart Phoenix? Well, I will agree. The Frostheart Phoenix is filth, mostly in that it's, it's under-costed, definitely, and hopefully it will go up in the next General's Handbook. I think as a, as a Phoenix Temple player, that would be better. Um, and also it's one of very few models that probably needs to be split into two scrolls or have two different um costs because if you just cost it out the phoenix it's probably fine but when you chuck up the four or ward save and the extra tax and things for the anointed for free doesn't doesn't really add yeah, up does it it's just random isn't it yeah i had like a, a really interesting well not interesting some a conversation with a guy on tga in my blog about it and he's like well it seems so weird to me that the army would have all, all guys on with anointeds on them like why wouldn't you have like one anointed on a frost at the general and then like two unmounted ones yeah. and i actually agree that would probably be cool it would probably look cooler thematically probably cooler i guess but so the same points and why yeah, not yeah i mean it's a themed i know it's a themed army but i still don't want it to just be unnecessarily handicap myself on that but anyway but yes i think the Frost I think is in a tough point. I mean, last time I absolutely ragged on Mixed Order, and I do think Mixed Order is probably my least favourite thing in Age of Sigma because Skins. for yeah, literally, I could I no, I mean there, there are some exceptions, but I could drop ten Phoenix Guard and add three units of ten Skinks to my army, and suddenly I have no restrictions at all, yeah. and everything's better. It's completely bonkers to me that sticking to a theme means you can't do things that would fit within the theme. It's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to be subjected to 10 or 15 minutes of me going on about that. I'm just worried that the Frost Art Phoenix then gets the Colonel Hunter treatment in that because of Mixed Order, yeah. they get bashed really hard, and then... Subsequently, end up sucking in their the own allegiance, yeah. which, which, which is, which is a pain. Like, just, just sort skinks out. Seraphon battle line, like done. But anyway, um, what some people may not know is that uh, I was the original Frostheart wanker back in Eighth Edition. <laughs> I had a ferocious army of. Uh, you've had a Star Dragon and two or three Frosthearts, or sometimes as many as four Frostheart Phoenixes. Um, Byron from uh, Facehammer, he's done incredibly well with a mixed order army, beautiful army that was originally painted back in 8th edition and uh, was was inspired by my original uh, Phoenix army. I think his very first build was was one of my lists. Um, Little known fact, I mean, if you compared the two armies, you would probably see little in terms of inspiration as far as the models went, uh, because my old Frostheart Phoenixes were um, uh, 4th or 5th edition Wood Elf Warhawk Riders, um, (laughs) which was, it's kind of, I think, it's kind of mental just to Imagine doing that now. Imagine doing that now. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
the army I had before, it was Mantic models, and I had these little... It kind of fit the scale, didn't it? Because your Star Dragon was... You know, that, for, that was Mantic, for, a terrible model. Yeah, didn't um, Diesel bite the top off of that? He put in, yeah, he put it in his mouth or something. But it was originally speed painted, and I had all the bolt throwers and four eagles. This was before the the latest high off book came out, and the eagles were just the warhawks on fifty mil base, and they were fine. Then the new book came out, and Frostart Phoenix was a thing, and I thought, wow, they're really really cool. But I can't really put those models in with my army because it will look weird. So instead, I rebased the birds on chariot bases and painted them blue. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's li- it's literally yes, man. Crazy, like. But I, I remember but, like thunderstorm things that were like bigger than my models. Intersect there. You did buy sleech bug budgies from a toy master to use originally. To use yeah. them to start with. They, they were the eagles. They were the four eagles originally. That's before I got the warhawks. That's like when you, me, and you played with your dark elves. Yeah, so they, it could be budgie lols. It could have, it could have been, it could have ended up being budgies. But yeah, I did end up going back across the army and painting it to to a reasonably good standard, actually. But obviously, it was still, it was still always a bit of a joke, and and rightly so. I don't, I don't really know how or why that was ever acceptable. But it was um, kind of a troll with the situation we had at the time, where um, you know I we don't had ever, I the bugs and stuff. I don't ever remember making that conscious effort, and I kind of added more and more things. I've only recently sold the army, and but I think it'd probably be used for for Kings of War or I guess guess Ninth Age, I suppose. But um, I kind of wish I still had it now, just yeah. to compare my old phoenixes next to my new one. But, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. But you it would be not fun there. Do that, are you? It, it would be fun to just sit them next to each other, but but anyway, so uh, just the frost, the idea of the frost up phoenix, it's it's incredibly emo, and I just I, I just love it, um, and I kind of decided that I wanted to dabble with Phoenix Temple a while back. I mean, a lot of people don't really like the way they broke the elves down into all these little sub factions and smaller allegiances in, uh, say, the gra- uh, what they call it, the Grand Alliance yeah. order book, yeah. at the beginning. But I kind of liked it. I kind of the way it almost, it, even though it took away all the old lore and fluff and flavor, it kind of given them these little names. Like I, I really like names for things. I find it really invocative and cool names really gets me invested in things in wargaming for for some obscure reason. But I like like you had like the Scourge Privateers and the Swift Talk Agents and uh, and all, all these and the Firebelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> one model uh one model allegiance one model, function, one model yeah yeah i like it but i, I kind of like the way it kind of grouped them together um it, and i so I, I ended up picking up a bunch of phoenix temple stuff it's got it for my birthday i think it was last year a bunch of friends even including rob got me some bits don made me pay for them because he's a prick um <laughs> him, here's a birthday present pay for it but then they've kind of just uh <laughs> sat around in a box for quite a long time because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with them. Then to be the fair, gen- I mean, to be fair, that the, the money he charged you uh, would probably have been better spent scrubbing them so they didn't smell the cabbage water anymore. Dirty, <laughs> yeah. dirty cabbage water, Dom. Dusty farts. I, I really wondered where you were going to go talking about Dom and where he was going to spend his money then. <laughs> One uh, in joke for the old school fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you either get that or you've no idea what the fuck we're talking yeah, about. And, and you never will. No. <laughs> um, but when the General's Handbook 2017 came out, um, obviously they introduced allies into that. And that was instantly something that reinvigorated a lot of those smaller factions i've since come to have a lot of problems with that specifically in this but 
that's a rant that there's forever lost and you don't need to know about. But um, <laughs> so instantly it allowed you to Eldritch uh, Eldritch Council was the first one I looked at. And that allows you access to your law masters and your archmages. So you can then boost the the armor saves on your phoenixes by casting spells around them, which is obviously one of the, the main strengths of the army. So that's that's in, instantly kind of appealing and something I went to. You can also add dragons in. You've got the Lawmaster on dragon and the, the Drake Mage, I think it's called. I just call it the Dragon Mage, but I think it's called Drake Seer, I think it's called yes, now. So uh, that's a really cool way. And that's something I probably will do down the line because, you know, Phoenix is cool. I love dragons as well. So it's a chance to paint a dragon as well. So that's something I'll do. You can also look at uh, Stormcast, which is something I did, because they've got all the really cool Vanguard stuff I think fits in quite nicely. Um, and you can use the Raptors, which I'm planning on doing, to add shooting. So uh, like I've done with the Iron Jaws, I've added things that kind of really um, fill gaps in the army. So it, with my Iron Jaws, I love to add war machines, and I spend a lot of time and effort um, converting them to kind of not just going, oh, here's Rock Lobbers because they make my army better, but... <laughs> What would what would an Iron Jaws uh, rock lobber made if Games Workshop bought one out? And I'll kind of convert it around that and theme it. Um, now with the with the Phoenix Temple adding stuff, I'm not kind of not really converting things to, to fit it, but I'm picking things that do make the army better because they fill gaps by magic and shooting and things like that. But also picking stuff that I think thematically works um, with paint jobs and things like that. And I. Before, I think I talked about uh, originally looking to convert a, an Empire army back in 8th edition when all the demigods yeah, came out. Them, yeah. yeah, and having them uh, changing all the barding to scale mail and having uh, the griffins with elf riders and things like that. And that, that was kind of my original. And I bought it all. I bought it all and ended up just kind of uh, trading it all back in because uh, in the end, the kind of it was a really in-depth project with because you have to have the scale mail if you're going to inverted commas high elf, don't you? But yeah. um, in this day and age, like I, I really wanted to bring demigriffs into this army because I think it would look fantastic. There's no way of doing it. Even the Phoenician rules in Firestorm don't allow for that because of the battle line restrictions. I, I'm not going down this rabbit hole again. No, definitely not going <laughs> to let myself. But um, so I'm trying to add stuff that I think will look cool um, in the color palette, which is a co very cool, cold color palette as well. So, yeah, I, I do like the ally system for doing that. And it's kind of reinvigorated me to do it. So the combination of the General's Handbook and the Slow Glow Grow Firestorm allow me to pick up a project that I've been sat around in boxes for, for over a year. So does that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think it's um, a very good justification for it. And uh, Frost Phoenixes are filth. Um, yeah, just, just quickly to touch on, weirdly, I'm, I love the campaign. I'm loving the hobby side of it. I'm actually not really that excited about playing with the army, which is kind of weird. But it's like the Flesh Eaters. I got really into the the hobby side of that. Yeah. Um, played it raw and haven't, I've never used them again. But it's for me, that's still okay. Like, I'm enjoying the campaign side. I probably will take them to a tournament because I like to think that people might want to see them uh, out in the wild. Yeah, definitely. But... Uh, I can't see it being an army I'm going to play for two years like the Iron Jaws at all. Well, you never know. It might it might grab your hobby juices in the gaming perspective. I think there's more to it. When I'm smashing three phoenixes of people. Yeah. I think there's a, yeah. there's a lot to it than yeah. than, than just the limit, limitation of the models. I think the army does a lot. Also, plus, yeah. plus, wait and see what they uh, bring out with the light elves as well. That might... Yes. Uh, and the shadow mean. elves. Yeah, yeah like, well, I, yeah. 
like this, the, the kind of way I've painted them and based them, like I was really tempted to base them like my old fantasy dark elves, some of which I've rebased onto rounds, but I really wanted to move away from that crushed glass. I don't, I don't really, I think it looks great, but I don't like using it as a product. So I've kind of gone for a new basing scheme that in my mind would work if they brought out uh, light elves or shadow elves, like I could paint them in this new color scheme. And even if I rebase my old stuff again onto this uh, basing, uh, the color scheme would still match. It's still got the turquoise gold and the, the purpley pink to a lesser extent in these models because it's just on the gems, but something I could all tie in. Uh, which Yeah, to, to, to touch on what you're saying about, uh, I mean, it's, it's something we sort of de- had a bit more of a deep dive on last time we uh, recorded. Is but, this a um, pun? No, no, no. But, um, uh, you know, sort of looking at um, sort of ways to theme sort of allies to fit you know the the overall scheme of your, of your main army you know we spoke about the the leaf phoenix um i remember when yeah. when the end times cane book came out and it was all sort of like the all the elf armies got merged into one i think i spoke to you even before that uh, um when we had our game at tribute that time about doing um uh, like an anointed on, like almost like a dark phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And doing yeah. it like dark purples through Definitely. to turquoises to pinks, you know, on the fire trails that would look. I think yeah. that would, with a dark elf sort of style rider, would look, would you know, amazing. like a sorceress or something. Do you know what I mean? That would look bananas, you know. And I think given that, you know, whatever they decide to do with, with the rest of the range, you just. You know, we use the word evocative a lot. I think, I guess, you know, perhaps the, the the previous word of the day, toilet paper that Matt had. But um, <laughs> you know, you know, a, a lot, a lot of the fluff, and like we were saying, you know, little snippets from books and just little passages here and there, especially on things like, you know, going even now with like the malign point and stuff. I don't know if you did. You read that one about um, with Malarian and Marathi and the yeah. elf. Soul yeah, escaping yeah. from Slanesh. Yeah. Oh good. my god, oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> Just the yeah. so descriptive and oh it was brilliant. And yeah, that that that's the sort of thing that you look at an army and think, Do you know what? Like you know, like uh, and Byron, you know, he he I know in 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 old Warhammer Fantasy, that massive dude on the on that on the Empire Griffin conversion that was a Star Drake, wasn't it? In some games, I know he used, yeah, yeah, he used yeah. that as a Star Drake, and I think he uses it as a Phoenix now. To be fair, yeah, yeah, and and having, um, you know, I was thinking of, of, of a Star Drake conversion based on one of them for a Vanguard Raptors army, um, yeah. you know, which looked pretty cool, and you know, there's so much that you could do, and I think just that, you know, if you're getting stuck into these projects, and even if it's uh, like something for a campaign, it just gives you that excuse to do like maybe a thousand points and you know, not go fully, full in on something. Or you know, with allies doing sort of three or four hundred points here and there, that uh, you know you could do as as your allied as your archmage on dragon, you could do something like that. You know, and totally, yeah. And, and, and have you know you're you're with a circle of friends and a group of guys in a tournament scene that that doesn't mind that sort of stuff. So I think it's I you know that's. As, as it's well documented on my working pro, my endless working progress is on Twitter. <laughs> so that's that's what I that's what I love about the hobby. Do you know what I mean? Is taking a theme like that and and almost Definitely. running with it. You know. So yeah, yeah great totally. good stuff. I I did uh, I did actually really want to add the Empire Griffin to this army. I mean, the rules don't let me do it, but we're not getting into that. But also uh, more to the point, I was um, a bit worried about 
drawing more comparisons to Byron's army yeah. uh, by putting that model in, to be fair. So I, I will steer, steer clear of that one, to be honest, even though I think it's a, a brilliant model that you so... Yeah. Re- so very under, it's underrated. Oh, it's man. Really, it's really underrated. And you know what? When it came out, I absolutely hated the two-headed option. Now in Age of Sigma, probably pretty cool. Yeah, it's a thing. It's definitely yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Happy so, with that? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So next question comes from, comes from uh, Ming, uh, the dictator, so at Thornshield. Oh. So, dear Tomrin, uh, are the Ideneth emo <laughs> enough for you? Also, will you be painting your next army straight out of the box with minimal conversions? Well, the uh, to jump to the second point, I mean... I mean, this Phoenix Temple, I'm not really... Conver- well, actually, that's a complete lie, isn't it? Ignore yeah. that, yeah. It's really... They're really... The riders, but I get if we talk about my next army, are the I, are the Iden F Deacon emo enough? Well, they are. They definitely are emo enough. I think they they definitely have that kind of vibe. I mean, they got that kind of dark edge to them as well. Um, I kind of prefer the artwork to the models in yeah, a way. So um, I think we. I, we I saw someone. Just a quick, quick, quick interjection. I won't go off another massive rant. <laughs> I saw someone. Um, it, I think it was, a, it was Photoshop, obviously, because I don't think they, they, it wasn't a, a model that they had because they been released yet, but. Uh, you know the thralls, um, what are they called the the, soul, the ones, yeah, the ones without any eyes. Um, just a head swap with those, with the um, like you know the Sister of Slaughter style masks that come with the new, the what was the cane kits? Yeah, yeah. Um, with like with the sort of the snarling face mask with a little tongue coming out on those bodies. Cool. It looked and and with a dark, you know, you can imagine them with a darker scheme. Would look would, would look really really cool. So Bas- sorry, dark yeah. order, wouldn't they? Yeah, incubi. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Mm. But, oh, but yeah. that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, just for incubi. Yeah, a, <laughs> that is a, that is a, a really good idea. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, they they are. I mean, I kind of I kind of gone. I was really excited about doing the deepkin, and then I kind of. I've kind of gone back and forth on it like quite a lot. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, but I think I'm definitely keen to do an army straight out of the box. I mean, if it is Deepkin, I mean, I'm certainly going to pick up the book in, at the minimum. I mean, I think – I honestly don't know. I don't want to kind of go back and forth on it here because I, I could keep explaining all the reasons. I mean, we might touch on it a bit more in a bit. But anyway, um, I'm in again there. The, the next – the next army I do will will probably be out of the box. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you were going to do deepkin conversions, what what conversions? Like, how do, how do you convert? I mean, you've just given a good example of how you could, but yeah. um, they don't really strike me as models you can c- convert. I don't it's know. So different. They don't at this stage. They don't scream out of going. I want to do all these conversions on them. I agree. No, I definitely I definitely wouldn't feel um, the need to do so with them at all. And there's, again, there's, I think. Um... It's, it's very similar to a lot of stuff that has been released. Um, you, know, you can repurpose them as other stuff, but not convert them to be what they already are. Does that make sense? So with the the, the Kyrick Acolytes, you know, Sinch Marauders, brilliant. You, know, you could probably use the Deepkin as Incubi, but actually converting them, you know, that's not really sort of conversions are about is taking one thing and making it something else yeah, not yeah. do you know what i mean like it is sort of you'd, you'd actually have to think well what else in this citadel range could you convert to be part of the deepkin does that make sense you Rather almost than need to, them themselves 
You wouldn't, it's we taking would... something else and adding it to it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, uh, I've got the, I'm actually putting a wash onto the, the lawmaster here, and he's firing that little octopus out of his hand, so you could, you could stick that on something. Well, well, once, you know, I, I did have an actual a conversion idea for the uh, thing, but it, it's something that um, it's, it's, it's totally ripping off Aaron. But you could you could use the uh, mortise engine kit with the graveyard or the, whatever the, that sort of boat, boat. thing is. Um, and then sort of, you know, you'd have to perhaps, you know, r- rather than have um, the spectral horses and the ghosts and stuff, uh, Special sea horses. You, you have well, no, have, have the have the eels. Use the eel kits and stuff, and but then paint them like you know, take the saddles off and take the the thing with the riders, or you perhaps even leave them on, but paint them like their ghosts, like the mortise engine kit paints the the riders that are on that bottom bit as well. So you know, there's things that you can perhaps from outside the range that you can add to it, but I don't think you'd actually be converting. You know, you, you, you're repurposing them, maybe then making them more dynamic, or, or adding other little bits and bobs, but not converting yeah. them as no, a whole. Agreed. Yeah, I don't see any need for it. No, no, but I think it's a cool, cool idea. You could you could go a, go a different way with it, but I think that's quite an interesting interesting way of doing it. Um, uh, next up is at Binks Hobby, uh, B-I-N-K. So he's also just launched his podcast. I haven't listened yet. Um, to be honest, I only tend to listen to podcasts when they go onto iTunes. It's just to something i do um i know it's kind of quite got quite a wide focus so do keep your eyes open for that um i will give it a listen and let people know what i think um so he's mentioning in this regard so he's as i dip my toe into the scary world of podcasting so he has now released what advice would you give apart from don't do it um he was recording tonight that was last last week uh, <laughs> also looking forward to my best army nomination at blackout uh, pending successful ticket purchase. So Mike Asquith again giving us some sweet army uh, best painting lols. So thanks for that. Yeah, Mike. definitely, definitely. Uh, and uh, we do. And thanks, Binks, because we do need to shout out blackout. So remember to do that because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do that at the front this time. We no. did that last time. Remember, we, did. we didn't have we, we did. didn't have podcasts. Don't know if we mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I definitely wouldn't say don't do it. Definitely do do it. I mean, the most important 100%. thing is definitely though to to do it for the right reasons do something do something you want to listen to like do something different make make it about stuff that you're passionate about the best podcasts always where people uh, talk passionately um openly and honestly about the things that, that that they like really i think there is definitely um a concern pat i don't know if that's the right word but or a, a, a definitely a, a potential trap out there for people now to get into podcasting in this day and age for for the wrong reasons there are i mean with the community involvement and things like that from gw i think that offers uh, a kind of incentive that people think might just be free and open to to anyone or something so i i, I think there's might be a case of people getting into the wrong reasons i'm not saying binks is i'm not saying anyone else's but it's 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 something that is out there and has uh, has certainly changed the kind of way uh warhammer podcasts are nowadays we are kind of i think onto uh a new generation of of warhammer podcasts now i think so some of the old ones are still in there some have, have gone off but uh, yeah it's the kind of the, the landscape has changed a bit so just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons uh, and you don't ha- don't have to kind of follow a set template. There was, wasn't there? There was that there template. Really was. All podcasts did did the same thing. I I, I did. There still is. Long. I mean, there's some podcasts. I mean, you know, which is fair play. But you know, you they've even you know you got sort of name segments and 
you know, uh, you know, it, and whether that, I mean, that's a lot more of the old school ones, isn't it? But I think uh, it's tried and tested in a lot of ways, and it's what a lot of yeah. I love listening to that type of thing when you, know, you sort of think, well, what's in the news and the new and what people, what you know, it's people's opinions, isn't it? But again, I think having that, you know, yeah, but I, I, I don't think we need another podcast that has an opinion on the new releases and things you know that's that's kind of that's kind of been done and there's people still around doing it which is great that's their thing now so why why try and replicate that you're not gonna no one's gonna come and listen to you if you're just doing what someone else is already doing it and probably doing it better than you could do off the ground i know that sounds brutal but just do something different like pick something what what do what do what do you really like what's your passion like you guys like you've made a podcast about painting which is an entirely visual thing well well well, 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 well fine painting and modeling like your conversions yeah. they're visual aren't they but you manage to you, you guys are so passionate about it that you can talk about it and it's still be i mean yours is one of very few podcasts i still get the uh, get to listen to it. That, that's more down to a time thing than me shunning podcasts or anything like that. I, I don't, but um, well, not all of them. Um, <laughs> um, there's, um, yeah. I mean, if you if you can make people kind of feel your your passion, and I mean, as long you guys are really good at just describing things, which helps as well. You know, even if you're passionate but couldn't actually talk about how you were painting things or how you're achieving things or your bellicore updates, like. It, it's got to come across in a certain way as well. So yeah, just, I mean, trying something different is always good. It might not work and it might take you a while to find it. Like you might not just hit it off straight away as well. Like it took, I mean, how many different iterations of the Blackson did I have doing different yeah. things over the years? So yeah, just, just kind of stick with it. I mean, see how it goes. Good luck. And I'd agree with Chris. I mean, the key point is as long as you're enjoying it, as long as you're enjoying it, that's what matters. I mean, yeah, li- yeah. literally, what's the point if you're not enjoying it? Literally, what's the point? I mean, I'm not yeah, editing. It's always a bit of a chore. All the mechanical sides of it. Yeah, it, it, it is. A, most people, it's a job. Most people just don't bother anymore, mate. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a job. But but if you're recording and you're enjoying yourself and you want to talk and you want to record and you want to get your opinions out there that that's that's really what matters um but yeah if you are reviewing new releases look at it from a different perspective you know you know don't just talk about the models or look at the fluff or go army concepts there's lots of different things you can talk about so yeah i'd kind of echo echo what you're saying there yeah def- definitely agree with that for sure awesome uh, so next one is uh, at trim controls don't hear from m- Hear from Neil Packett. Packet. Um, um, so we'll gloss over this quickly because we've had a little bit too much non-AOS chat. Uh, with the return of the Necrons, is it time for Chris to do a new Necron army? No, um, I really, I love, I, <laughs> no, I, I love Necrons. I think Necrons are brilliant, but um, I'm waiting for my Orc Codex late, later this year and then I'll paint that. I mean, I was going to quickly paint that, talking about different standards of painting, but I've decided to wait and hopefully paint it a bit better. So I'm going to jump on Custodes um, uh, in the interim. Got a nice, what is it? 14 model army so nice. hopefully can paint up nice and quickly and yeah the models are way better than i thought but yeah um looking forward to doing a bit more 40k actually cool and then he said what's the largest model you've ever painted archeon cool what's the largest model you've ever given away given away yeah given away to someone else it's not actually yours oh archeon 
<laughs> I didn't pay for free. I mean, it did probably did probably equate to about a quid an hour, so basically, but <laughs> underpricing yourself, yeah, for yeah. commission, not good. Um, and what's the paint job you're most proud of? Ooh, I can't even remember what I said last time. Um, I. Oh no, I can't. I said my Dark Elf Standard Bearer because I really like the the Alexis on Fire Heart Skull logo freehand on the banner, yeah. um, which is really good. It's probably not my best painted model. I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, I got lost, but I, I think I just said him last time, didn't I? In the end, I can't remember. Maybe my Manticore. Uh, no, you actually backtracked on all of that, and you said your Warlocks. Oh yeah, the tattoos, and then you got queer about me saying tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really weird way to talk on it on a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> what we said. I also really like. I also really like Megaboss Krunk. Like he's he he became larger than he became more than just a model. So I'm kind of quite proud of him. Yeah, but, you went, you went yeah. full Scott with him, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Scott's Scott's been uh, brought back old Ashnaga for some uh, role play recently, role, but it yeah, seems he seems to have made a more PG version of her though, which is disappointing. May as well just not bothered, really. <laughs> No, she was all about the filth, wasn't she? Old old gash. Yeah. Um, and seems a bit counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that your toilet paper weather of the day, Rob? It is. Yeah, yeah. I just went for a shit, so <laughs> brilliant. Um, and he's finished up saying, uh, "Will you ever arrange a tournament uh, on a day he can actually attend?" Yeah, uh, Blackout 2018, uh, the 4th and 5th of October. Uh, no, the 4th and 5th of August. Uh, the 4th and 5th of August. You are free on the 4th and 5th of August, Neil. So I will see you in Cardiff. Uh, I'll tell you how to pay in just a bit. Awesome. Um, and then one of, uh, we've got at James Hayday, um, who's someone we've met, well, I've met through the podcast, which is awesome. I think he came to one yeah. of your events last he, year. Uh, came to Blackout last year. Very nice guy. Yeah, like him a lot. And he said, um, how do you plan a project like the recent elves you painted? He's specifically curious to know how much testing is done beforehand and whether you have a whole army mapped out in the head before you start. Uh, okay, yeah, we talked about this at length last time, didn't we? Um, it's coming back. Um, so um, have we got more questions that talk about different painting standards? Or is this is this the one where I touch on that? No, this is the one you touch on that. Right, get, yeah, this get, is touching. get touching. Okay, so. Um, I had my Dark Elves back in 7th and 8th edition and I kind of, I kind of re- repainted it and upscaled it as I went and it got to a point where it was, was kind of the best thing I'd ever done by, by quite a long way. And then I was kind of scared to do better than that. They were my favourite army. I didn't want anything to be better than them. So I just kind of speed painted a bunch of army shit speed painting, I call it, which is a base coat, a wash, and then another layer over the top. Um, a layer to me, to, um, people say that all painting is layers, and I hate you when people say that. To me, a layer is just, I don't know, it's not a highlight. It's, you know, do people know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, maybe, maybe I'm, not, I'm not on pro painting. I don't know how to describe terms like this, you know. I don't need to. So um, it's almost like relayering when it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave, and you're leaving the kind of the recesses uh, mm-hmm. darker after the wash. So it took me a long time to get over that. And then with the release of the Iron Jaws, there was a model range that I really got into. Didn't really expect to. Um, but I really got into them and then I kind of didn't really have any plans, but I just kind of kind of started painting it and r- wrote down recipes as I went. And these were incredibly um, convoluted, obscure ways of painting things like 14, 15 layers of flesh that are just completely unnecessary. But because I did it the first time and I liked it, I felt obliged to keep doing it. I know in my head I could cut half of it out and it would look the same. I mean, it probably wouldn't because what? of the way. 
something I've just yeah. thought of about what I mentioned previously, and in addition to that, is that the way that I imagine you painted those iron jaws to start with was almost like an artist, like getting colours down, glazing back, doing re-highlights and everything. And actually, in yeah. addition to that, it's almost like the Ainsley Harriet way of cooking, just just kind of dancing around a little bit, putting a little bit of salt and pepper in and kind of not really getting there, but doing it in a long roundabout way. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because in the kitchen I do refer to myself as the White Ainsley Harriet. No word of a lie. There you go. <laughs> so that's pretty good. I will take that. But yeah, um, it was it was a mess. I mean, in my head I kind of try and justify it, but the fact that all those thinner layers build up to the overall look, and if I didn't have those layers building up, then it wouldn't come out the same on the top. And I have to I have to believe that. Um, even though, as we said, my revelations that p- people who judge most painting contests, i.e. Um, the players um, <laughs> don't really know what they're talking about some yeah. of the time. I mean, there's no it's detriment bit, to, to them, genuinely. No, 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 I, no, I've no, had that... it with your army. I've stood there and said, look at the skin. Look at the blending on the skin. It's, you know, and I've done the same with Ian's army as well in the past. You know, it's, sometimes people need a little bit of a guidance to look at stuff. They, they do. I mean, me saying people don't have a clue. I'm not I'm not trying to be kind of um, a dick. No, no, I'm, I'm really I'm really not. And it's it's I mean, that, that's fine as well. There's plenty of things I don't I don't know about. But um, pe- again, and people should totally judge what they like. And that now won't be me uh, because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you just pissed everyone off. I don't know. Fucking yeah. bone for him again. Uh, not on a podcast anymore, so, you know, that's, I've got no hope, have I? Yeah, you're on it. No hope. Yeah, I have to come on here for that. So, yeah, and that's when I paint to my best standard. I'm kind of really going into that in-depth level, using loads and loads of glazes of, like, Lamy and medium coming out my eyeballs. Um, and it's kind of a really, like I say, I use the word inefficient so much when I talk about painting at my top end, but uh, kind of just repeatedly going back to things. When it comes around to the Phoenix Temple, um, I'd actually been kind of jotting down some ideas as I went. So when I painted the Archeon um, using the Warhammer TV video, I particularly liked the colours that they used to paint the Zinch head on that, which was um, Stegodon scale green. Uh, with a, a Celo Brown or Celia Green, whatever he's called, um, that that singer dude, uh, the green wash over the top, and then layers of uh, Sotek Green and <laughs> Celo Brown. <laughs> What's he called? Celo Green. Celo Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole joke, right? <laughs> Fucking hell. And then uh, Temple Guard blue on top. So I kind of thought, oh, that's I paint a lot of turquoise, um, but on my iron jaws all the turquoise is basically i start with black and add sotek green to it then build up to pure sotek green then start adding like a lighter color into it to highlight it and i thought for this army i don't want to i don't want to be mixing stuff so i started jotting these kind of things down and i wanted to go so i did kind of have an idea when i did i did a tester for one phoenix guard and I kind of knew how i was going to do things the gold is actually the same way for the gold that you I think the Warhammer TV does the Stormcast armor, like Retributor, Regal of Flesh, uh, Orakama Gold, and then Liberator Gold. And then the Flesh, again, is actually the Flesh that I think Ian Gilmore described on your last episode as well, starting with the Bugmans, washing it with the Reekland again, yeah. and then going Cadian, Kislev, Flayed one. Um, so I really wanted to just kind of paint an army well. Like, I think the army looks good, but it's by no means to my top standard. And... It's kind of weird because with some armies that if you were just kind of doing a wash, uh, sorry, a base coat of wash and a highlight, you can go back to them and really upscale them and still make them pretty good. With this Phoenix Temple, I couldn't really ever go back to it and make it any better. Like it kind of is the level it is. 
Um, I could maybe do like really fine top highlights on stuff by adding uh, Privateer Press uh, Frostbite. I mean, I've used that quite classic. a lot across the army. Yeah, Russ, a Russ Veal classic. Um, I love his, his old Chaos Army, which used that in everything. I haven't gone as far as mixing it into the golds here, but if that's the kind of thing I could do if I really wanted to push it. But I'm kind of quite happy doing it at this kind of mid-level where everything's... Um, uh, it kind of come together quite easily. It was a bit bit more of a challenge when it came around to the Phoenix because that was the first time in a long time where I was holding a model in my hand, going to paint it, and I didn't have any colours in mind. So that that the first one was a bit experimental, and I did write down the colours. And even when I got to the second one, I still had some trouble with it and had to go back on some bits. So that that was a little bit uh, more difficult. But um, yeah, painting things. I mean, when I go into it, James asked kind of if I have a whole army idea in mind. And I do, but I kind of like say to myself, like, right, so how am I how am I going to paint this? Am I am I painting this to my top level or am I just going to shit speed paint it? And it's kind of an interesting one because some people really can't get their head around doing that. Like people will be like, oh, you should paint to your best all the time and you should really try and push yourself to, to keep being better. And I can't really disagree with that because I think that is a great mentality to have. And we see it in uh, in the Dorset Doggers Club chat. We're, we're seeing these guys who have been in the hobby for a while, yeah. but they're pushing their armies every time. Like the stuff Paul Buckler just seems to be um, increasingly um, kind of adding stuff to his army and just bettering him, bettering his armies and bettering himself. Um, and Mike Wilson's Slanesh armies, fantastic. Just, just these guys still pushing the hobby and just getting better and better. And that that is good. And I'm not saying I think I'm I, I think I'm at the top. I don't need to do any better. At some point, I will need to go. Yes, I love the Iron Jaws, but I can't be scared. I'm going to have to try and do something that's better than that. But a lot of it is, like I said this year, I'm just trying to paint a load of stuff and have fun doing it. So if I'm painting my Rafa Kings, like no one gives a shit about Rafa Kings. I'm probably going to play one game every other year. I mean, hopefully we'll play a few more. But um. <laughs> I just want to have another painted army on one of my shelves. So yeah. if I just base coat, wash and layer it, it's on some nice resin bases that kind of makes it pop. Like it looks cool. So I think it's kind of important to go into a project. Well, for me anyway, just kind of setting out your goals of what you want to achieve in terms of a painting sta- standard. And that's maybe as important as uh, how you're going to paint it or the colors you're going to use, because that really, that really impacts on some of those choices. Like you, you couldn't, if you're just, doing something to a basic level then you're not going to need as many color choices and things like that so i don't know if that's even answering the question at all um but it's just a kind of like a thought dump on how i approach my projects maybe does that i think yeah i think we, we, when we spoke about it last time um ah, for god's sake <laughs> I, this is, I, I, I've got to be sorry to everyone listening because this, this is, it, it must sound horrendous for you, but it's also, it's really weird for me because I want to try and touch on all the bits we touched on last time. Yeah. But, but it's horrendous to keep re- referencing that. But yeah, but we, we, we spoke about you know, do, do, you know, going into a project and going right, okay, well, you know, this project is rather than, it's a difference between going into something and going right. My best painted is ten stages. I'm only going to do this army to stage four of those 10 stages than going in and going, right, this army is only going to have four stages and doing those four stages. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you, do you stop, you know, do you do your normal paint job and stop at a certain point? Or do you look at it in its entirety and go, okay, well, I'm going to use slightly different techniques here. I'm going to yeah. perhaps, you know, do 
a slightly starker highlight right from the get-go so that I don't have to blend up to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or no, that's no, a... Am I even going to choose an army that allows me to do that? Do you know what I mean? You know, that, that even might be a consideration, you know, and no. Stormcast is a great example of that, you know? No, you're, you're 100% right. Like you say, if making that choice at the beginning really, really uh, kind of... D- decides how you go about the project because like you say you then do have to shift how you're going about it if you're painting stuff to the top ability then you're not just gonna like necessarily put one base coat wash it layer and then be able to layer up and for it to look the same like your your base your your base coats and when you start building up those initial layers like at a much finer a finer level like that that could be a lot different to it so if you were to, to base coat i'll keep saying base coat wash layer like that to me is the baseline that that anyone should just go for 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 great looking armies it makes armies look really good and you can i mean don't kid yourself and say oh i'm going to go back to that because 90 percent of the time that won't happen like that just doesn't people are people tend to like put a project down and move on something else there are there are exceptions i've done it it can happen but for the most part it doesn't so set your goals i would say but even like I kind of touched on it previously, but when you kind of start painting like that, it's really then hard to kind of bring it up to a top level. So you, as you say, Rob, you do once you decide what you're trying to do, you then need to pick uh, a skill set or or a set of techniques. A process, fact, yeah. A process. That's a great word. Uh, that's could be a my toilet paper word of the day. A simple <laughs> one. Process. You pick the correct. Pick the correct. Pre- pick the correct process. <laughs> Pick up a pick up a pick up. <laughs> yeah. Throwback. Yeah. Scott. Uh, Scott, yeah. Um, that can allow you to kind of achieve that brief that you set out for yourself. So, yeah, yeah however that may be. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. And I actually don't have anything else to add to that. I mean, actually, the only thing I will say is I'm, I've said it before, I'm a technical painter. So I will learn uh, paul does this as well so he'll say i'm i want to do freehand i want to try object source lighting i want to try new basing i want to try so that's a good way of approaching army sometimes even if you're just doing a new army and actually you don't want to push your painting any differently just say to yourself i'm going to try out this technique i'm going to try out this color combination because it's all then you're learning something from it that's always good sure yeah yeah great um so next up we've mentioned it already but we've got uh at jimbo nine jimbo way um, so we've had Mitzi, so there's Jimbo. Um, so he said, your events always have a strong element hobby, uh, painting best sports, feeding into the scoring system, which is relatively unusual. Eh, I, I feel less so than eighth. Um, but why don't more events have this style of scoring? We all hobby. Can we ban the phrase soft score? Blackout team event, please. Smiley face, thanks. Uh, blackout team event, me... Maybe uh, Firestorm, 4, uh, Firestorm did ask me about picking up Firestorm 4s that Mo used to do. Um, I don't want to kind of tread on the toes of, uh, of Mark, who ran, ran the fantastic uh, Blood um, Blood Tithe earlier this year. So we kind of got a good team event there. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that going forward anyway. Um I don't I, I don't know why he wants to ban the term soft scores. I don't I don't ever see that as a people use that as a dirty term or anything. So do you guys ever see that being used kind of there's in a bad a, way pejoratively? There's been a little bit of a conversation about it uh, the past couple of days um, because I think the Throne of Schools 40k event, the guy who came first only won three games. Right. So, but they do the scoring differently. It's all the it's all the remember the old school um, GW best sports. That's how you oh, went. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's like you went to the event, you knew what the scoring system was, live with it. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, that's 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 a bad scoring system. But then yeah. perhaps if I fought, fought that, and if I fought it enough for it to bother me, then you just don't go to the event, don't you? Like you say, read the pack. I mean, no one does, but read the pack up front, definitely. And I I don't I don't think all events should have high soft scores, but I think some should. I think for me, I run the kind of events I would like to play in, which is a shame because it means I can't then play in them. And unfortunately, there's maybe not enough. I mean, there are there are I guess some out there that use soft scores. The the trap with that um, is when tournaments say they're using soft scores, so it might be fifty for gaming and let's say arbitrarily fifty for painting. Yeah. But obviously, those fifty gaming points, some people might get zero. Some people like every like there's there's no baseline there at all. Whereas it, often I find with tournaments, if they said fifty for painting, it would end up that forty forty of those fifty or forty five of those fifty at most would end up getting it all anyway. Yeah. So that so sometimes scoff uh, scoff sometimes soft scores are a bit of a misnomer because the actual differential between uh, the top end and the low end is actually often not not even as much as half a win. Yeah. So. Um, have keep a look out for that but i do think soft scores should be a thing and i don't think it's a term that people should be using in a negative fashion either no and and i i would go as far as say like you said you know just do something do something different i don't i'm quite happy going to tournaments like south coast where you know it's it's a gaming it's a gaming uh, event that has scores in there to ensure all armies meet a minimum standard more than happy with that i'm also happy with going to events where you know they're you get points for for best sports. I'm not always a big fan of overly getting extra points for for the painting side because I think they they do somewhat become irrelevant. But most certainly, me, I, I, if I had to choose, I'd go more for an event that was weighted towards kind of the sports element more. But you know, that, that's personal preference. Um, and we've then got at Mark the Beastman, which is Mark Wildman. If, uh, yeah. formerly of the Bad Dice podcast I don't know, don't know whether that's the case I don't know what's going on with those chaps at the moment but he said what's uh, what's his, what's his, your worst best memory from your days of when Chris was the bad influence and ringleader of the infamous <laughs> Black Son crew so he spelt Son S-O-N was that Kaz? I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Kazism Kazism um, I, I... What did I say last time? I mean, there's so many, isn't there? You can't, you can't really. It's just pick one out of a, a hat. It was loads of, lo- loads of crazy stuff that happened. I mean, a lot. Any of the like the ridiculous things that we did were that made people kind of wince but smile. All of those yeah. are really cool, really fun. I mean, sometimes, I mean, in hindsight, sometimes things went a bit too far, and anything that that did genuinely upset anyone. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's clearly not a good thing, so I wouldn't look back on those kind of things favourably. But there's plenty of plenty of funny shit that happened. Um, what what kind of things did I say last time? Uh, pissing on Joe. Pissing on Joe was good. I mean, pissing in kettles will probably be forever be my <laughs> legacy. I mean, I quite like. Didn't, didn't, didn't you go off on a tangent about seeing if um, Mark and uh, uh, no, someone no, else? No, that was me. No, that, you, is it? that yeah. was my maybe maybe Matt can do that in a minute, but there's there's plenty of other things. A lot a lot of good ones with Diesel. Um, Diesel just being dead in a field in Portsmouth was pretty good. Diesel down in 27, literally 27 Jaeger bombs in Cardiff, going down into the toilets and ripping the cistern off the wall. Um, not good <laughs> for the club, probably, but pretty pretty entertaining at the time. Um, Christmas fu- um, Christmas fucking chaos when he turned up drunk Christmas recording fucking- at Kaz's. 
Yeah, yeah, D- Diesel's good. I mean, Dom's had some good ones. Do- oh, Dom, I think this is my favourite one, wasn't it? Dom flushing his pants down the toilet <laughs> mouse drawer. He'll still, he'll still say vehemently to this day that he didn't do it, but I think kind of, I think kind of everyone knows Dom that you, you, you probably did that, didn't you? That seems like the kind of thing you do, but yeah, I mean, oh god, I mean, you, t- you, I refer to you two guys often as the chroniclers of the Black Sun. So why don't you throw out some of your favourite worst or best moments of of horrendous things? Well, fishing via fishing <laughs> Viagra out of a toilet after throwing it up and stuff like that. One, one of one of my favourite episodes that, that listened to a bit of an old school one was um, the some of the stuff you used to get out to at the Giant Slayer. Sicking up blood after an insane night was was less drinking good. too much drinking too much crunk and falling into the yeah. pile of wheat of X Vortex beasts and and the taxi you could get the taxi yeah. driver having a go at you for drinking on the way through and um, <laughs> I remember Matt telling that story. <laughs> Yeah, tyrant swabs, fucking, you trying to put a plastic bag over his head when he's driving you back from the venue. I don't remember that. I can't, I can't, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of that taxi driver. It starts Why? with an S. Oh, no, uh, it's Foxy, like Foxy, Foxy. Foxy. No, no, Foxy, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Oh, you, mate, if you put that can of beer near your lips again, you get out. But no, my, my favourite is, um, it was South oh, Coast a few years ago. You've got Mark Wildman on all fours, on a bed, um, with uh, an iPad with porn on it. And our friend Joe just stood Great there. Porn. Yeah, just, just sipping whiskey, just going, I, I just, just, don't, just don't know whether I'm going to do this. Um, while we all sat on the floor around him listening to music and drinking. It seemed perfectly normal at the time, but in retrospect, we just sat there watching whether two of our friends were good to fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, Mark... curtain games, miss miniatures. Um, Tim, <laughs> Tim, and the Tim, guys at curtain. Tim's, Tim's fine with this. I don't know the curtain guys, but I love I, what I would. My contacts at sponsors are both called Tim. I love it. Tim, easy. Um, what I would say though, Mark, is uh, probably hit you up nowadays. I mean, you might have better luck. Yeah, uh, he's not down on his luck or anything. He's he's just how has come up out, come out and he is gay. So, yeah, so I, I'm super happy for him. He's, he's, yeah, it's great, it's great for him. And all jokes aside, so we fully support that. But no, there, there's oh, plenty of plenty of stupid shit, wasn't it? And obviously, that's we, we can be going back as much as what probably eight years on some of this. Yeah, I reckon. Massively, yeah, so. easily. So, so We're all yeah, all since then. All, yeah, most mostly. I mean, there's still been some drunkenness over the last kind of year or so, but it's kind of good drunkenness. Uh, good drunkenness turned. Tamed, tamed down a bit like yeah i've it's, it's sometimes i find it hard because I, there's still that expectancy which i can't yeah. really complain about because it's that kind of you make your bed you lie in it it's kind of like how we got people to know who we are was doing stupid shit like that but you know pe- people grow up i'm older now and yeah hopefully people can look back on some of that, that stuff and, and just have a a laugh and pour themselves a nice cup of tea in a travel lodge and <laughs> chill out nowadays. But no, no, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to South Coast this year. If I go in, um, it's actually going to be a completely dry tournament for me. So yeah, I, should be I, interesting. I am currently teetotal, so you know, yeah. never know. It's easy, it's easy, it's easy to do. I, I yeah, that's... definitely, cool. definitely. Right. Um, and now the final question though is, I don't know. Let's let's ask it anyway. It's there. So at Sammy is at Sam writes comics. Sammy Davies, a good mate. How many RKOs is Randy going to hit this Sunday? So well, I'll tell you what. How many, how, how many did I say? I, I remember how many I said. Do you remember how many I said? No. 
Three. Uh, yeah, and there was three. Oh. It's called it. Oh, wow. Called it. My, right, li- yeah. Literally so. mind blown. Right, so... Yeah, and I, I, I said it... I, yeah. All right, yeah. We're not going to talk about wrestling anymore. Yeah, sure. No wrestling. Um, so yeah. we will. what we will do, though, is we're going to supply those details people are waiting on on how how to attend your event well tell us about blackout what's going on okay so what's the blackout it's not october it's the 4th and 5th of august 2018 it is a weekend in which neil peckett is free to come to cardiff <laughs> and play some warhammer brilliant so uh, on the friday sign up yeah that's it on the on the friday there will be some Shadespire and or warhammer skirmish i'm quite fond of warhammer skirmish match play tournaments i reckon i've run more of them than anyone um very keen on it and uh yeah that'll be a complimentary event with trophies um i need to speak to uh firestorm actually i think i've got an email from them saying friday night events so i need to check i don't know i don't want to interfere with any match play shades by they may be maybe running because i wouldn't want it to i would want it just to kind of be for the tournament yeah. uh, attendees you know like that's i kind of decided that about shades but i love shades by but i kind of want it to play against my wargaming mates i don't necessarily want to be playing um organized play against other people and um for various just just a a personal choice i guess but anyway so that's that um we've then got five games of two thousand points of match play age of sigma presumably the current general's handbook um last year it kind of come out so close to when the tournament was and it's cool to say you've run the first general's handbook such and such event but it's also just a bit of a pain in the ass at the event so uh, i'm not sure when the book's going to fall this year um, I would kind of like for this to kind of be maybe one of the last big ones of uh, General's Handbook 2017. Um, Soul Wars. It's going to be, isn't it? Soul Wars, yeah. Well, Soul Wars. It? Sounds good. Um, I, yeah. I reckon, I reckon that would just be a box like Blight War. But anyway, we don't yeah. need to get into to rumour-mongering now. But, yeah, it's uh, Firestorm Games, which is a fantastic venue. It means you don't need to bring any terrain or anything like that. Um Table's good, terrain's good. We're going to get a bit more terrain on the tables than we did last year. That's what some of the feedback we had. Um, and that's because the guys haven't ran many big Age of Sigma events. Um, I mean, it's crazy to me. It's one of the, the two best gaming centres in the country alongside Element Games. So I think it's crazy that... Um, sorry to Curtain Games. You can blame me for saying that, I guess. You've, you've not been yet. You wait, you wait to experience. I, I haven't been there. there. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to going there on the, the 23rd of May or whenever it is. But anyway... Um, yeah, it's going it's to be really, really cool. Um, obviously, Cardiff is a fantastic time. Um, the Friday night seems to be the, the bigger one, so yeah. uh, it's, n- it's nice to, to kind of play Skirmish or Jade Spy before, so you're not kind of shooting your shooting your load too early on. Um, get get a bit of gaming in first, and then we can all hit metros and have a bit of a party. Uh, it'll be a great time. You can grudges everything like that. Yeah, it's just going to be. See Russ get smashed again. He, he yeah. says he's going to get a little bit less drunk this year. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Tickets are forty-five quid. Uh, lunch both days. They've got their own chef and kitchen, so I think the food's pretty really decent. Really pretty good. decent. Always put it uh, opens up before the round ends as well, so the people that finish early kind of keeps the queue down a bit. Obviously, depending on number of players, you can build up a queue, but. Um, yeah, the bar's great. We actually managed last year at Blackout to sell the most amount of pints in one game a weekend. So I think they're quite keen to have us all back. Uh, <laughs> as, I say, as I say, 45 quid. Uh, PayPal to lunatic underscore Pandora at btinternet.com. Uh, you can find all the info on my Twitter at the underscore black underscore sun and on TGA. Um, 
space for literally i can't really sell, sell out the space for like 100 players i think we had about 70 to 80 last year um this year i kind of the kind of thing most people do with tournaments is set a date ahead of time like face hammer have done so it builds up excitement so everyone goes on at seven o'clock to buy their tickets sell out yeah. i kind of half-heartedly just kind of put it out in a week when i was really busy and couldn't really follow up so we've got about 34 players at the moment um the calendar is really busy. I mean, obviously, events like Facehammer and, and South Coast seem to get preference anyway. So um, I, I'm thinking we'll probably maybe get up to about 50 players, which would be really, really cool. Um, and then I think going forward next year, uh, I'll definitely look to bring back something in Weymouth as well and try and maybe pass over Cardiff because they're starting to get a bit of a scene in Cardiff. So I don't want to be stepping on those guys' toes doing it. But, I mean, I, I, initially I'd had hope to kind of get get up to that 100 mark. But, um yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem quite so popular at the moment. I don't know if it's the time of year or that, but yeah, it'd be great, really great to see a bunch of people, the same kind of people we saw last year, and also have some new guys down as well, and uh, just make it a fantastic weekend. It's already going to be, the people on the sign-ups are already fantastic, so um, yeah, just going to be a brilliant time, I think. And what I want to do is I really, really want to get up behind this event because it's Chris and it's Blackout and any event Chris runs is always one of my favourites. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've, gone to tournaments before or you've tried a couple of events or it's your first time at a tournament go to this tournament we're we're going to be there i'm definitely 110 percent. i'm going to be there it's going to be a really nice chilled weekend i want to meet some new listeners so if you go if you buy a ticket for chris's event and you go you tell me you're going ahead of time and you know it'd be awesome to talk to people but i want everyone who can attend that event who listens to this podcast to go like i'm not even messing i want to see as many as possible he's, he's not messing yeah i want yeah, to no. sell it out i want to sell i want 100 people there that's what i want and we're yeah, gonna have good and i can tell you now we're gonna have we're gonna get some t-shirts sorted and hopefully we're gonna have some dice ready for blackout as well sweet yeah cool. otherwise we'll send me and ian round and you don't want that no oh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want welsh people knocking on your door uh, definitely not no. landscape gardening <laughs> what uh, I, can't, I was going to say something there, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, no, you kind of, that's, yeah, I can't remember. I literally can't remember. Cool. Awesome. Any any final word, guys, before we, uh, we we crack off for this episode? Because me and me, Rob and Ian will be, should hopefully have another episode out again next Friday, just to keep things up to date. Well, I just hope, I just hope we kind of covered answered questions to cover it like i, I know it was a scattergun approach last time and it's it was actually more structured this time to be fair um knowing kind of what we wanted to talk about but i know i've kind of been speaking super fast just to try and get as much across but um obviously if you do have any questions or if i haven't covered anything in enough detail you can find me on tga or on twitter and i'm sure matt will maybe just be back on again in the future or something so yeah yeah and i did mention this on the last episode as far as i'm concerned um, because the history i have with chris and podcasting he's you know he's the unofficial fourth host so i'm gonna have him on as as much as possible (laughs) and um particularly obviously rob uh, i think rob's in a little bit of um a little bit of denial about uh children and what that's going to mean to his free time so um Oh no, man, it's all good. No, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will be fine. Oh, everybody, everybody <laughs> I know, mate, everyone I know that's had a kid, loads of free time, loads aren't stressed, not stressed, aren't tired. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you can't you just bring Andy Talbot on here and just combine Pro Painted and Age Sigbra? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah, cool. That well, works. We'd have to decide our transformer name. <laughs> wow. And then uh, as long as he brings a flashlight, it's fine. 
<laughs> flashlight. 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 Sorry. Listen to the outtake, and uh, obviously <laughs> going forward, please do continue to plagiarise those uh, old black sun funny horrendous moments. And yeah. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, I will. Yeah. How I enjoy them. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well. I was going to say, thanks, 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 for, thanks for all the nice feedback that you guys have, uh, you, yourself and uh, have given about the podcast as well. And it does feel like, uh, you know, we're getting, yeah. we're getting, getting some uh, nice support from people, you know, they, I know 10 is not a massive milestone, but it's a know, milestone. It's, yeah. it's, it is, it is one, you know, and, and, uh, I think these, these extra sort of shows as well, bringing people on, you know, we've had three really good ones so far, so far. And, um, yeah, long, long may it yeah, continue I mean, and people I mean, not get bored of us. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, not being kind of blunt as well, like bringing on other people. Like you can, you'll find yourself drawing in additional listeners because people will listen because you've got their mate on or something like that, you know? So it's, the, I mean, the interview like for the podcast really good. retweet, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's super, it's super good. Just continue doing what you're doing. I I really like it. I think it's it's very refreshing to have have something different, and it has it does have kind of like that old school podcast vibe that you perhaps don't hear as much nowadays. And yeah, it's it, it's it's very refreshing. Not a, read not as polished. That's what that's what that means. Like yeah, but I, I quite like that. No, no, like yeah. that. And, I, no and, I, and I've got nothing. I've got nothing wrong with polish as well. Like my my last body of work with the solo shows on the Blackstone Weekly was by far and away the most polished stuff I did, but I like that as much as the old rowdy shit. So, you know, there's some, some people enjoy all sorts. So there's a place for both, isn't there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And as, as we said to Binks, like do something, do something different, you know, so you guys are, so yeah, keep it up. Awesome. Cheers, dude. Well, yep. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, and we will be back with episode 11 next week. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
two seconds or every two every now and then like you sort of turn into robot robotic voices who does right. um both of you oh you both sound fine to me rob have you got Hello? your optimus prime voice changer helmet on still <laughs> god damn it yeah that's what it is <laughs> and nothing and nothing else yeah <laughs> he's just got an he's just got an rc rc model just laid on your lap it's got an rc flashlight <laughs> <laughs> That would just that would just be a torch. Oh, that would just be a torch. That's just a torch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. Sell them on eBay. Trans- yeah. Transform. Transform machine flashlight. It's just a torch. <laughs> That's a good joke. We should have got that on the very quick episode.